Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Apples. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for nearly 20 years now. That's right, 20 years I've been talking about the good folks at Leon Tailoring. Whether it's Larry, Norm, Kim, Judy, whether it's their ready-made items, whether it's their custom-made items, or whether it's their tailor-made items, you can trust Leon Tailoring. Leon Tailoring, they've been great folks. They've been around for more than 100 years and some change. I've only been talking about them for 20, but trust me, head over to Leon Tailoring and they'll take care of you, just like they've taken care of me for the past two decades. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown town indianapolis well with the fourth of july around the corner we like to talk about fourth of july related issues and one big issue that has been out there for a while has been the first amendment and social media and all the things that social media brings with us is it good is it bad what's going on so to talk about our social media concept uh join us on the newsline is our good friend christopher spangle he's a digital director uh, for the bob and tom show podcast and also host of the chris spangle show so chris my friend uh thanks for being with us always good to chat with you buddy well, if you're doing the Fourth of July weekend, you got to have a spangle on. Oh, That's cool. the the rule of radio, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. Uh, so, um, how does social media treat us these days? Is, is it is it still a good source of information, or is it becoming sort of a, ver- a barren sort of Mad Max beyond a Thunderdome wasteland? Well, I you know can't buy into all the extremes that you see. You know, the there's no free speech allowed left on these platforms. There's no chance that you. Blah blah blah. Then you know all you can see. All you see. Uh, it's just you need Mark Zuckerberg to tell you what to think about things like vaccines. We need to keep all these dangerous people off. I think. Um, I think over the last year, I, I think uh, with Elon coming in and buying Twitter, I think there's been a little bit of a cooling on the. The I don't want to say banning, but the censoring. I have not noticed in the last year, you know, uh, uh, starting at around 2017, 2018, you'd have these days where being a libertarian podcaster, you'd just see like 600 of your friends disappear. I mean, it was literally there, there were probably like, like the like rapture online. <laughs> it was literally a rapture of the fringiest people that were on your list. I mean, literally, you'd you'd see you know, 1,200 people just disappear. And I'm not saying in your counts. I'm saying people that you were friends with that you'd see in your feed that you want to go check out, people like Liberty Memes, for instance, they just, they'd be gone. They'd zap their accounts. The You know, you'd have five or six people kind of message you on other platforms going, hey, not only did my profile get got, but also my wife's profile, my business pages, it's all gone. I have not seen Facebook do any of that now, it's not an election time, but, you know, it was an ironclad rule that I, who had never violated any of the rules, I've been a perfect citizen, perfect, upstanding citizen of Facebook at all times. I'd, I'd only gotten a ban, like, for three hours, maybe a day at one point, you know, and before every election from 2018, 2020, 2022, I would get, uh, not, not 22, I would get a 30-day ban because I talked about largely politics. That didn't happen in 22. I didn't get taken off of Facebook. I didn't notice anybody else get taken off of Facebook. So I kind of think that the bad press, because I noticed about a year ago, I looked in the back end of Bob and Tom's page, which has like 300,000 people, you know, largely kind of audience like Duck Dynasty, talk radio guys, right? Like similar to probably IBC. And you noticed there were hundreds of people a day de- deactivating their accounts. 
hundreds of people deactivating on the We're Libertarians Facebook page. Hundred thousand people, more a hundred to two hundred people a day deactivating. I mean, it was amazing to see the amount of people leaving the platform and just have not come back. I mean, I've got a lot of friends, and you probably do too, that just never got back on Facebook because of the way that they censored information in 2020 and 21. And I think what you're seeing, you know, like with the resurgence or a certain, like Robert Kennedy Jr. is is beating Donald Trump in online Twitter polls from Trump-leaning people. I mean, you're seeing him start to kind of take over the mantle of Trump 2016. Uh, I think a lot of that censorship really, you drove people into underground tunnels they all collected together. They were not being checked by their friends and family, and now they're becoming a political force. But, so, but here's a question, though, Chris. And Chris Spangle uh, with us. Uh, Chris Spangle is the digital director of the Bob and Tom Show podcaster and also the host of the Chris Spangle Show, which you can find online. I, I guess my question is, when it comes to social media companies, they're and you and I have talked about this before, they're not the government, they're private companies. And they can yeah. do pretty much whatever they want if you don't like what facebook does or what twitter does or what parlor does you know don't go just go do something else yeah i think we went through a, a kind of a weird period from 2016 to 2020 where we all sort of talked ourselves into thinking that these are somehow the town square and they do have massive influence and i used to say that but i think since moderating my use and logging off and reading some of the work of jonathan height uh, you know, what was the study that he just put out recently? It was like every year younger your child gets a smartphone, their risk of depression and suicide goes up by like 20 percent or so. I'm mangling that, but please check out his information. I mean, it's it it poses has real power. It poses a real risk to your kids. Uh, it has a real risk to you. If you're spending time two out of every five minutes on Facebook, that's what's forming you. That is basically your catechism, you know, how we used to indoctrinate kids by giving them the Catholic catechism and making them answer questions and drilling that into their head. Well, now it's social media. And so you've got to be cognizant of the power, but I think it's not the only place. As you've seen Substack rise, you've seen podcasting rise, and other forms of media kind of pop up and and be good sources of information or bad sources, depending. Um, the social, the power of social media, I think, has been lessened, and I think they've handicapped themselves. As Zuckerberg has tried to please both sides of Congress to not to, uh, to get regulations favorable to him or to not get regulated at all, he's really screwed up his product. So people are not using it as much. People have looked for alternatives. Elon Musk coming in and taking over Twitter. I know everybody says they quit and went to Mastodon, but they're full of crap. Uh, and he's he's basically changed the tone of Twitter and and you know done some good things and some bad things. So I don't think they're the only game in town. Where I think 2017 we really felt like wow this is just everything for us. The web has 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 just generated this and this is our AOL port. Uh, and I think that's changed. And I think people have kind of looked around and said you know I don't want these four companies to be in charge of everything. They have too much power. Let's start a chat you know, a, a chat GPT to take away the power of search engines. Um, so, you know, I, I think they've, they've got less power than they did three or four years ago.
Now, would you say it's kind of like, and, and to me it seems like, uh, Buddy, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, it's just sort of a historical pattern. Uh, for example, yeah. you know, a few years ago you had three big networks, then you had cable, then you had satellite, and then you got streaming. Right. You know, For example, you had you know, one phone company, then you had a bunch of uh, baby bells, then you had the cell phone companies. So to me it just seems like sort of a natural progression of how our society's worked over the past couple hundred years. It's the free market at work. It's the greatest, greatest example of the free market. You all hate the government. Everybody hates the government doing one or two or three things, right? Nobody, There's nobody who likes the way that the government works 100%. But you can't fix the government easily. It's, it's meant to work slowly and be full of stop signs because it's force. The government fundamentally can force you to do things a private company cannot. So therefore, in a free market, you've got to have creative destruction. Come along and clear out the bad actors and hold people accountable because consumers leave them. And that's what you want. That's what we're seeing. You're seeing the innovation in tech create. I mean, everything I do did not exist when I graduated high school. There's nothing I do now that I, could, I couldn't have taken a podcasting class in high school. Uh, it just didn't exist, but now I'm making a decent living doing something that has been invented, you know, was invented in the second term of the Bush administration. So, you know, that's why the free market is really the best way to organize societies, organize economies, because you can have people come along, build something great, screw it up, and then have it be replaced. And when we start regulating too much and asking the government to do too much, that process gets slowed down and messed up. So, yeah, I mean, it's really the best example of the free market at work in the way that technology has grown and changed in our lives. Our guest on the program today is our good friend Christopher Spangle. Chris used to be my producer a long, long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. He's now digital director for the Bob and Tom Show podcaster in his own right and also host of the Chris Spangle Show uh, that you can find online. Uh, Chris, uh, like I said, it was interesting. We're talking about those sort of Facebook and Twitter. What would you say is going to be the next evolution uh, in social media information or, or, for that matter, disinformation? Well, I, I don't think you can discount AI, and everybody's talking about it and fear-mongering about it. Um, and I'm not sure whether I'm afraid of it yet or not, if we're going to go full Skynet or if it'll just kind of be a useful tool in the tool belt. Um, I'll let you know in 20 years. Uh, actually, but, no, you, actually, no, you won't be able to because Terminator will killed you by then. So there you go. I, I, well, uh, fine. <laughs> I don't want to live in Skynet. Um, but, but your son will be John Connor, though, so there you go. <laughs> I tend to hold the theory that American society especially, but societies in general, always veer towards the middle. So we all become addicted to social media and go, this is a little too much, and start to correct our pattern. Or things go a little too leftward, and so then things start to veer rightward. I mean, the amount of friends that I had that were very progressive in high school that are now very you know, socially conservative – things just kind of ebb and flow. Like the younger generations now are more conservative than my generation when they were their age. Uh, and I think with technology, you're always going to kind of see those swings. Again, it's, it's market forces trying to kind of keep an equilibrium. And so with artificial intelligence, you're going to see some things that are very helpful, and then they'll get out of control, and then we will correct it and fix it. I think watching a an Air Force drone you know, try to kill its pilot in a simulation, we all sort of go, all right, we all need to keep an eye on that. 
and, and maybe, you know, I don't know about regulation, but at least in the industry have some sort of underwriter's laboratory to kind of have checks and balances on the ethics of artificial intelligence. But, you know, I've seen it over the last six months, the way that artificial intelligence has changed the way that I do my job. Chat GPT is extremely helpful. You know, having the ability to take an hour piece of audio or video, transcribe it in a matter of seconds, put that into Chat GPT and ask it to write a summary for a YouTube or a podcast channel. And and what used to take me an hour to listen to now takes me ten minutes to transcribe and write bullet points and rewrite. Now I still have to rewrite all that. I still have to go in and, and put my own tone to it. But the bullet points and the main takeaways, that's doing some of the heavy lifting for me. I mean, we are using Adobe Photoshop's generative imagery to create backgrounds. So I think there will be some disruptions for sure for graphic artists, photographers, you know, people who would normally make images and sell them on, you know, like an Adobe stock. Those people may need to save some money because AI can generate some of those images and, you know, but and it's, again, it's, it's, technology it's, makes it easier for us. It's interesting you bring up that point because my thing, when I look at uh, Chad GTP and AI and, you know, getting, getting, getting away from all the Terminator type, you know, how 2000 type, you know, narrative. What it what it does is it does basically what machines have always done, what computers have always done. They make yeah. our, they make our lives easier, but fundamentally they can only do what we program them to do. Yeah, you as a lawyer could have it write a template, but you, with your knowledge, know what you need to change. Uh, I I gave a speech. I'm on the board of a homeschooling organization here in the state that does homeschool uh, homeschool graduation. Excuse me. Um, IFHS. And, you know, I just as a, as like a lark, I was like, I'm going to have chat GPT write the prayer for the graduation that I'm supposed to give. I could have given that and nobody would have known, but it didn't have the same depth and humanity that my prayer coming from my heart had, right? You could have it write your legal brief, but you know, it's not going to be specific. So, you know, as a podcaster that does history, history podcasting, it's super helpful in summarizing uh, and, and writing out some bullet points for some basics, right? If I wanted to do the history of Indianapolis, I could have it write 10 minutes of content, but I still have to fill in that other 40 minutes. And I think people know when they see an AI-generated image. They know when they see an AI-generated piece of audio like Joe Biden saying something co cogent, fluent articulate you know that's not him you know that's a computer so you know maybe it'll get to a point where it fools us but i just think humans have this uncanny ability as a survival instinct to know what's real know what's human and know what is is not but really it's just gonna it's, it's a great helper it will continue to be a great helper and you know change a lot of things in how we operate but humanity is key and i think if it goes too far humans more than any other species know how to protect their dominance and their uh, proliferation our guests on the program today is our good friend chris spangle chris spangle podcaster digital director of the bob and tom show and host of the chris spangle show that you can catch online with us for a few more minutes on the program today as we're talking about uh sort of social media technology what, what does it all mean in the, in the grand scheme of things uh on this fourth of july weekend uh so chris let me ask you uh it's interesting we talk about you know 
AI cannot achieve creativity. Uh, but you always hear the story about you know the the one AI program who was talking to the other AI program, and the scientists found out like, hey, we need to cut this out and put up a put up a digital wall, so so they can't communicate with each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I think people who study this on a daily basis, like that, when the guy who runs ChatGPT goes and says, please regulate us. Uh, you don't often hear companies, you know, now some people want to be regulated so they can be written in as the protected class. But uh, I do think there are significant ethical uh, problems with artificial intelligence. And there's been entire books written about the, I mean, quite frankly, artificial intelligence turns racist really quick. Uh, and, People who are trying not to have that bias can't figure out why that happens. Uh, they can't figure out why, you know, it, it, it's the ones and zeros will always focus like that Navy example where it's trying to shoot down a target. It's an artificial intelligence drone. And it's one goal is to kill mines in Ukraine. And when it realizes that the human operator telling it yes or no gets in the way of the mission, then it kills the operator. I don't know how they're going to control it. That's far above my pay grade in, in terms of figuring out how you control AI. But I do think it's a, it's a significant concern. Uh, and Actually, here, here's how you it, control AI. It's called an off button. I don't, well, so Dan Brown wrote a book called Origins that's great. I highly recommend it. You'll read it in like two days. Um, you know, Eventually, it gets control of the off button and the grids, and, and that, that's kind of the, the warning in that book. Um, yeah, I mean, when every car has a computer and is networked together, I don't know. I, it, it could end up Skynet. So it, it could end up, you know, we may have to go full EMP, and Glenn Beck driving his 1972 Toyota truck may have been the, the only smart one out of us. Or, or do the thing like they did on Star Trek. They have the computer, the, the something takes over the computers on the Enterprise, so they have the computer uh, figure out pi to the last number. <laughs> and so, it, so it, it ends up taking up all the, all the hardware space, and eventually the thing that took over the Star Trek computer so it sort, of, sort of flushes out, and, they, flush, and they, they transport it out of space. See, it's all been done before, old friend. I know how to yeah. deal with this. <laughs> Yes, no. If you watch Star Trek, I mean, if you're deep into Picard at this point, you've figured out every futuristic need there is. Exactly. Our guest on the program today has been our good friend Chris Spangle. Chris, uh, podcaster, digital director of the Bob and Tom Show, as well as an online guy in his own way. So, Chris, my friend, always good to chat with you. Take yourself a good time. And by the way, congratulations on new fatherhood, by the way. Thank you. I know it's crazy that uh, Rob Kendall and I are having a kid at the same time. We're going to get a matching MAGA Trump hats. It's going to be great. <laughs> Take care, old friend. All right. Bye-bye. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.